So today we're going to continue the series that Pastor started some weeks ago called The Master Builder. We're talking specifically about the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk to you a little bit about, in the short time we have left, about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. It's awesome because I have learned over my life how to absolutely count on him to help us. But first, a little review. Let's talk a little bit about first who is the Holy Spirit. And there's, you can find a ton of scripture on who the Holy Spirit is. I'm just going to give you a few tidbits here. He is the power and the muscle of God. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, our counselor, our helper, our intercessor, our advocate, our strengthener, our standby, and he is the spirit of truth. <laughs> it doesn't say this in a word, but he is awesome. He is our teacher. He is the revelator. The Holy Spirit testifies to us of Jesus. He is the promise from the Father. He is the anointing. He is omnipresent everywhere at the same time. He is omniscient, which means he is all-knowing. And I got to tell you, folks, it is so wonderful to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have within you the one who knows everything about everyone and everything. You know, I'm in corporate America. I work in the information technology industry as in management. And I can't tell you how many times I'll be on a conference call. And, uh, and I work with some highly intelligent, educated people. <laughs> and if you don't believe how educated they are, just ask them. They will tell you. <laughs> yes, yes, I have more degrees than Fahrenheit, yes. <laughs> but... And God bless them, you know, but a lot of them, A, they lack, a lot of them lack wisdom. They have a lot of book knowledge, a lot of degrees. But how many do you know God is not, doesn't have a degree of knowledge? He is knowledge. He knows everything. He's given us the Holy Spirit. So I'll be sitting in a conference call, and they'll be talking all kinds of stuff. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will say, well, what about this to me? And I'll get on a call, and I'll say, well, has anybody thought about this? And I hear, oh, oh. Well, uh, uh, no, we never thought of that. <laughs> it's hilarious. God has a sense of humor. Holy Spirit is omniscient. He knows everything. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And pastor has taught us this. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. I mentioned to the first service, my wife and I, we have grown children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Uh, we have two sons in their 50s. And I, know, I don't know how in the world that happened. I have sons that, that look older than me, but I don't know. I, it just happened. <laughs> but here's a tough lesson that we had to learn. And I think it was tougher for Patrice than it was for me. But we learned this from when you have adult children, we have learned if we give them advice unsolicited, they generally will not listen. So I have learned, and Patrice is still learning, <laughs> Uh, I told the people at the first service, I said, don't go run and tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. So I like to be open and honest about these things. But we have learned that when they are ready to hear advice, they will ask us. And if they ask us, it tells us we need some help. You know the Holy Spirit is just like that? If you ask him, he is there. But if you don't ask him, if you don't want his advice, he is not going to force it on you. He's a total gentleman. So that's who the Holy Spirit is. Thank you, Reverend Judy. Thank you. Thank you for all that, all that encouragement. Thank you. 
Now, here's a question I used to ask myself. Why would the Holy Spirit want to help me? You know, I wasn't really a church girl. I told the first service, the only reason I ever started going to church is because of my wonderful wife. We found a picture of you. I can't think when you were like 19 years old, I think, when you were standing there with the Bible. And I saw that picture, and I went, oh, my God. I said, you are a tremendous woman of God. She said, I've been trying to tell you that, Bubba, for many years. <laughs> but she is. She is awesome. So I used to wonder. I said, I hear people talk about the Holy Spirit. He's a great helper. And I was just thinking to myself, well, God, why would the Holy Spirit want to help me? Because Jesus asked God to send him to help us. Here's the scene. In John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples at the Last Supper. Jesus knows what's about to happen to him. But he wanted to comfort and encourage his team. So here's what Jesus said. John 14, 1 and Amplified, he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in and hear to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. And then in verse, uh, same chapter, verse 16 to 17, he said, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome, or take to its heart, because the world does not see him or know him or recognize him, but you know him and recognize, recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. That's why the Holy Spirit wants to help me, because God sent him here specifically to help you and to help me. Amen? How important is the Holy Spirit to us? How many of y'all have ever heard the name Smith Wigglesworth? Awesome. Smith Wigglesworth said this, it is impossible to overestimate the importance of being filled with the Spirit. Charles Spurgeon said, without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire. We are utterly useless. In her book titled The Spirit-Filled Life, Joyce Meyer said this, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. He is the power of God. His multiple roles as comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby can be summarized by saying that his purpose is to come into us with his abiding presence and upon us with his power to help us do things with ease that would otherwise be hard or deemed to be impossible. Watch this. Receiving Jesus prepares us for heaven. Amen? You receive Jesus Christ into your life, your last day here on earth, you open your eyes, it's your first day in heaven. What a glorious promise. Receiving the Holy Spirit prepares us for something different. It prepares us to do life and prepares us to fulfill God's purpose for our life here on earth with power. With power. You know, the easiest thing in the world to, for a Christian to do is go to heaven. But what about the time that we're actually here on earth? How come I used to see this all the time? It used to really bug the daylights out of me. I'd go to a church and I'd see a group of Christians over here. And they'd be excited and smiling and cheerful and the men would love their wives and they were prospering. And then I'd go over here to this group, same church, hearing the same word. Same pastor. And here, this group here, they're disgruntled, 
dismayed, disappointed, always complaining. Why? Does anybody have an answer to that question? I was just joking, y'all, man, y'all are serious, boy, I'll tell you. <laughs> the reason is, is because the group over here were filled with the Holy Spirit, I found out. And the group over here, not so much. And the group over here had power that enabled them to succeed in life here on this planet. The group over here, they may have heard about the Holy Spirit, they might have read about the Holy Spirit, they might have, been, they might have talked about the Holy Spirit, but they had not received the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. God sent us the Holy Spirit so we can be successful and fulfill everything that he, have called, had, he has called and anointed and appointed us to do here on this earth. I don't know about you, man, but that was great news when I heard that. When we received Jesus, we were basically saying to Jesus, Jesus, we want you and all that you have done for me. And when we received the Holy Spirit, we're saying, Holy Spirit, I want you and all that you do within me and upon me. I need your help. I need your counsel. I need your strength. I need your advice. I need your leadership. I need your comfort. And he's there, folks. He's there. How important should the Holy Spirit be to us? Listen what Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, before he went to be crucified. He said, and while being in their company and eating with them, he commanded them, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but not many days from now, you shall be baptized with, placed in, introduced to the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized, empowered, and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. Excuse me. And then Jesus further stated in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, but you will receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the very bounds of earth. I submit to you that the Holy Spirit, us receiving the Holy Spirit is absolutely critical if we intend to be successful in what God has called us to do here on this planet. You know, when Pastor started this series, I told him, I said, you know what? This may be the most important series of this year. Because so many people, there's a lot of bad things happening outside of these doors. You all know that. How do we cope with that? I know people who are not Christians, and they are having a hard time. I know people who are Christian, and they're having a hard time. But you know what? We all go through life, folks, no exceptions. But the people who are best able to deal with it are those that are empowered with the Holy Spirit. I'm just here to tell you. So let's talk a little bit about how we can be led by the Holy Spirit. The number one way that God uh, leads us by his spirit is through what's known as the inward witness. And I'm going to come back to that, but that's the number one way. The number two way is the inward voice, also known as our conscience. In Romans 9.1, Paul wrote, I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit. The inward man, our spirit man, has a voice just like our flesh has a voice. If I were to pinch you real hard, well, if I pinch my wife, she'll, she'll hit me. So I'll just pinch myself. <laughs> but if I pinch myself real hard, I'm going to say, ow, that's the voice of my flesh. 
The voice of our inward man is called our conscience. Some refer to it as a still, small voice. And here, here's a key point. This came up when I was studying for this. When we have the life and nature of God in us, our conscience will not allow us to do anything that is contrary to the word of God. Even if we want to do it really, really, really bad, he won't allow us. I remember when I first got saved and certain things I used to do, uh, I still wanted to do them, but when I attempted to do them, it was just something on the inside of me said, nah, you may not want to do that, son. When I first got saved, I still went on and did them anyway, but boy, did I feel bad afterwards. That was my conscience talking. Y'all, none of y'all in here probably ever experienced anything what I'm talking about, so, so I'm just talking to myself. You know, uh, I never did anything like lie, cheat, steal, or how about speaking disrespectfully to someone, like I did years ago, um, and I'm just, I can't talk about y'all, well, I could talk about some of you, but then you get mad at me, so I'm, gonna talk, <laughs> I'm not going to do that, I'm going to talk about myself. So years and years ago, um, I remember this very distinctly. I was on the phone with Pastor, and I had a conversation with him. And, uh, and I don't remember what we were talking about, but I do remember this. I spoke with him very dis disrespectfully, very harshly, and in a loud, some would say obnoxious manner. And uh, of course, I knew I was right, whatever we were talking about. I had to be right, because it was me. As soon as I hung up that phone, though, I tell you what, my conscience lit me up. I mean, I, as soon as I hung up the phone, God was all over me. And before I got home, I was at the gym, and before I got home, I said, I, before I went in the house, I, I picked up the phone, I called Pastor, I said, Pastor, I, I, I apologize. I have no idea why I said what I said, how I said it. I'm, I'm totally sorry, sir, it'll never happen again. He, and here, two things there. Number one, if I'm recalling this correctly, he didn't really think I said anything all that terrible. Isn't that something? But I did. My conscience made me get that right. Folks, let me give you a piece of advice. The first piece of advice I'm going to give you is free. Every piece of advice I give you afterwards, it'll be at least five bucks, depending on how effective. <laughs> just joking, just joking. Do not hold grudges. The Bible says don't have aught against your neighbor, because the only person it really affects is you. Let it go. Let God deal with it. Even, listen to this, I have learned, even if the other person is in the wrong, I'll still go and apologize just to get that thing right. You know why? Because I want to sleep that night. I can't take, God will wake you up in the middle of the night. I'm, I'll tell you what, deal with it. Just deal with it. That's a free piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. I apologize profusely. I had to get that thing right. The number three way that God uh, leads us by his spirit is what I call this. The voice of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> There's a difference between the inner voice our, the voice of our conscience and the voice, the more authoritative voice of the Spirit is a huge difference. Here's an example. So here's a story. In Acts chapter 10, there's a story about a centurion named Cornelius who is a Gentile. He's not a Jew, and, but he's a godly man. He tithes. He gives offerings. He believes in God. He, his relatives, Everyone who works for him, they're all praying people. They're in his house praying, God, send us someone 
Send us someone to teach us about this Jesus that we keep hearing about. So God hears his prayer. And some way, somehow, Cornelius hears, Cornelius hears about this apostle named Peter. So he sends a couple of his servants to go and fetch Peter. Now, and, and we pick up the story here in verse 17, Acts chapter 10. It says, now Peter was still inwardly perplexed and doubted as to what the vision which he had seen could mean. Because he was up on the roof, hungry, and all of a sudden he saw this vision that God had put in his heart. When just then, behold, the messengers that were sent by Cornelius, who had made inquiry for Simon's house, stopped and stood before the gate. And they called out to inquire whether Simon, who was surnamed Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was earnestly revolving the vision in his mind and meditating on it, the Holy Spirit said this to him, Behold, three men are looking for you! Exclamation point. Ex pay attention, that exclamation point is a very important piece. Three men are looking for you. God was speaking to him in a very authoritative manner. He said to get up and go below and accompany them without any doubt about its legality or any discrimination or hesitation, for I have sent them. That was an important statement for God to make because at the time, for a Jew to associate with a Gentile was forbidden. It was unlawful. But God told him, do not hesitate, don't discriminate, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men and said, I am the man you seek. What is the purpose of your coming? God spoke to Peter in an authoritative, and I'm sure he got Peter's attention too, because Peter came down off that roof. <laughs> Yo, dude, what can I do for y'all? You know, so what Peter heard was the voice of the Holy Spirit, definitive, forceful, authoritative. Now, here's the thing. It's rare that God speaks in that voice. And I told the first service, be very careful. What I'm, don't leave here and say, oh, Leon said, go home and pray that I hear voices. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> if you do, however, hear a voice from God, first thing you should do is compare it to the Word of God. Because the enemy will use that against us. If it's not in agreement with the Word, forget about it. Like my good friends in New York said, forget about it. Now, I have had that happen to me. I'm 68 years old. I've had that happen to me twice in my life. Both times it was the same message. Once, I was driving home from Washington, D.C. A lot of you know I used to commute back and forth from here to Washington, D.C. every week. And I was close to an exit. I was going to get off and get something to eat. And just all of a sudden, out of the blue, I heard this voice. It sounded like somebody was sitting in the back seat of my car. <laughs> it startled me. So I hit the gas, pulled off on the exit, got in the gas station, jumped out, and I'm looking, what was that? Y'all want to know what he said? Two people. Okay. <laughs> this is what he said. I wrote it down. Among other things, God told me that he was taking my wife and I to new levels in every area of our life in our walk with him, in our health, in our marriage, in our relationships, in our finances. He told me to stick close to him, stick close to our pastors, and we would see this word come to pass. That's what he said. And then about four years later, I was on my way to down to I-85 to Charlotte, and I had the same thing happen. Now again, see that ministered to me, because we've been believing for some things, that was in line with what we were believing and was totally in line with the Word of God. Amen? Y'all with me? But it's rare that that happens. It's rare that that happens.
Let's talk a little bit about the primary way that God leads us by his spirit, the inward witness. So in April of 1994, I was saved for real. Now, I had been saved several times before then, you know, for various reasons. Uh, I think there was a girl involved. This was before I met my wife, you know. But I was saved for real in 1994. I didn't know a lot about the Bible. I didn't know anything about Jesus, didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. And I certainly was not filled with the Holy Spirit until some years later. But here's a, here's a real funny thing. When I got saved, somehow, way, I knew that I knew that I knew that I was saved and I was going to heaven. I, just, I knew it. You could have talked me out of a lot of things then, but you could not. There's no way you could have talked me out of my salvation. How did I know that? Because of what Paul wrote in Romans 8, 16. He says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. God's Spirit was bearing witness with my spirit that I was his son. And I just knew that. Inherently, I knew that. And without knowing anything else except that I prayed the prayer of salvation and I was saved. Because of the inward witness, which is the primary way that God leads us by the Spirit. So what is this inward witness? Let's take a look at the scripture, Romans 8, 14. In the common English Bible, it says this. All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. Notice what it does not say. It does not say all who are led by their thoughts. It does not say all who are led by the media. It does not say all who are led by prophets. It says all who are led by God's spirit. Now, a lot of you have heard of Kenneth E. Hagen or Dad Hagen, who's in the grandstands of heaven now. I used to love to go here when he was here with us on earth and listen to his stories. Yes. 1942, 7.07 a.m. at 2134 West North Avenue. The sun was shining very bright. And uh, it, was, it was incredible. But this is what he said. He said, the inward witness is just as supernatural as guidance through visions. It's just not as spectacular. And many people are looking for the spectacular, and they are missing the supernatural that is right there all the time. See, it's supernatural for God to answer prayer, but it doesn't have to be spectacular. Amen? Doesn't have to be spectacular at all. I've heard other ministers like Keith Moore say that before making any major decisions, they take it to God and they wait until they hear from him before they move a step further. Gloria Copeland said this. She said, but exactly how you may wonder does God speak to us? Does he just shout down at us from heaven? Not usually. Romans 8 says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit, and that means that God's directions come from the inside of us, not the outside of us. At times when we hear his guidance, we may even wonder, was that me, God, or was that you? Or was that the pizza I ate last night? (laughs) Has that ever happened to anybody? You you hear something say, was that me, or was that you, God? That's because God doesn't normally inject thoughts directly into our mind from the outside. Instead, he speaks to our spirit, and our spirit translates that into a thought. Tune in today to that inner witness, to that quiet knowing, that urging, prompting, and leading arising within you. If when you hear it, it sounds like you, don't be surprised, because it is you. It is your spirit being influenced by the spirit of God. After you're born again, your spirit is a safe guide because you are born of God's spirit. You have his nature, and the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit to teach you and to give you direction. Pastor Coyne likens this uh, 
inner voice to a red light, green light situation. And I've learned from him, when we have a decision, facing any sort of decision, small or big, I'll just sit there in a quiet time, and I'll imagine, let's say there's two courses of action, and I'll just sit there and prayerfully say, consider course of action A, and, how, and I'll check my spirit to see how I feel. And then I'll consider course of action B and check my spirit to see how I feel. If either one of them, if a red light comes up or a check comes in my spirit or I just don't feel comfortable, I'm not going in that direction. If on, if on the other hand, uh, the other uh, uh, option, if it comes up, it feels smooth, it feels easy, it feels, I kind of get a little excited about it or it feels like it's a green light, that's a green light situation, go. You know, oftentimes, God will speak to us by not telling us anything. And I've learned from pastor, that's a clear sign Keep doing whatever it is that you're doing. Keep believing God, but keep on the same path that you're on. Don't, don't veer to the left or to the right until you get clear direction from him. I can look back at my life and I see plenty of times when I went against what God was trying to tell me through his inner witness. <laughs> and I've made so many totally unnecessary mistakes. And I know my wife is going, amen, brother, preach it. Amen. <laughs> Like the time I was in the military and I was on a special assignment and we were, we were at a base and get, undergoing some special training. We were told, under no circumstances, men, when you leave this base, you'll be here for this training for the duration or whatever, however, however many weeks it was, and you'll be confined to barracks because of blah, 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 blah. I didn't hear the rest of it. Because already in my mind, I'm like, ain't no way that's happening. I'm getting off this base, dude. <laughs> So after about a week, I, I convinced one of my uh, fellow soldiers that, you know what? We know how to plan ops. We know how to plan operation. We're going to plan operation. We're going to get off this base and have some fun. <laughs> so we said about, we, we actually forged ourselves. I'm telling you all my secrets now. We actually forged a three-day pass. We planned how we were going to sneak to the bus, how we were going to get some civilian clothes to put on. It was awesome. It was an awesome plan. But here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about it. I didn't know God. I wasn't saved. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Couldn't spell Holy Spirit. But for some reason, all kinds of bells, buzzers, whistles, red lights, everything was going off inside of me telling me, don't do this. Don't. Of course, I ignored all of it. Isn't that something how God, even if you don't know him, he'll still, because of his graciousness and kindness. But uh, did I listen to any of them? No. <laughs> We thought we were smarter. So here's the deal. We get to the bus stop. We get on the bus, because we didn't have cars. We had to take the bus downtown. We get on the bus. We just said, let's sit in the back, man. Nobody kept, nobody ever find us back there. So we sat in the back. I was on one side, he was on the other. We were kind of like ducked down. So the bus started taking off. We were about 2.7 miles away from the front gate. <laughs> it's funny now, it wasn't funny then. So then, about a half mile before the gate, the bus comes to a sudden stop. I'm like, what happened? Guess who gets on the bus? The military police. <laughs> yes. And they're checking everybody's, sir, do you have uh, authorization to be on this bus? Sir, do you have authorization? The other 12 people on the bus, they, they were fine. They came to us and oh yeah, I got this card here. The guy looked at the card and just started laughing. <laughs> like, come with us. Yeah, so that was the next thing. Uh, the next thing I knew, I was, uh, they call it the brig. 
Y'all know it as jail. <laughs> it was crazy. Man. Or I had another case where God was telling me I had this physical condition and I was believing God for my healing. I was standing on his word. But in my spirit, something came, kept rising up saying, you need to go see a doctor. You need to go see a doctor. And I ignored it. So what happened next is my wife donned me out to pastor. She called pastor up and said, pastor, you need to talk to Leon. Because I know he needs to see a doctor. He knows he needs to see a doctor, but he hasn't gone yet. So the next thing I know, I get a phone call from pastor and he says, son, you will make an appointment to see the doctor first thing Monday morning. Yes, sir. And you know what? I'm so happy that that happened because the doctor immediately diagnosed the problem, immediately put me in a course of action, got scheduled surgery, uh, surgery scheduled immediately, and, and I was on the path of being well. You know, a lot of times when we're in situations like that, we need to see physicians because it's the natural part and process that we need to add to God's supernatural that gets us our healing. God will perform miracles but a lot of times, most times, we have something to do with it as well. Amen? But those were two times that I was led by the Spirit, or God was trying to lead me, and I ignored the signs. I try not to ignore them these days. So what must we do in order to be led by the Holy Spirit? First, we must be born again by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. While we are in the world, we cannot... I repeat, we cannot receive the Holy Spirit. We first need to receive Jesus. We need to be saved, born again, and become a new creation. Listen to what the prophet Ezekiel said, Ezekiel 36, 25 to 27. He said this, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues that you may heed my ordinances and do them. The Holy Spirit will help us to follow God, to obey God, to not displease God, and to fulfill everything that He called us to fulfill. So first we must be born again, and I'm going to give you all an opportunity to do that in a few minutes. And second, we need to make a quality decision to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, which is a very easy and simple thing to do. As a matter of fact, if our prayer team could come down now and uh, give us a hand with the folks who, are, who will be coming. So here at Harvest Church, we're never going to try to force you to do anything. Once you've heard about the Holy Spirit, once you've heard about Jesus, once you've heard about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's totally up to you. It's your choice. You won't find any of us judging you. You, want, you. Regardless of what you choose, it does not affect eternity. It does not affect your position, your salvation, your church membership. It does not affect you actively serving or accepting for us. You are loved regardless. We just want to greatly encourage you to do what God has said to do and get some of that power in your life to help you. So now here's a question that I, I think about a lot these days. I know pastor does as well. So many bad things are happening, people losing their life. And my first thought is when I hear it, I was, where did they go? Where did they go? 
you know there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. For Christians, the moment we shut our eyes for good here on this earth, the very next moment we open up our eyes in heaven. For those that are not saved, those who are not, have not been born again, they have a bigger problem. They're gonna wake up in a place that they wish that they could escape from, but they won't, there'll be no escape. Here's another question. If something were to happen to you today, do you know absolutely, without any doubt or hesitation, do you know for certain where you would wind up? If you have any doubt, any hesitation, or you have any uncertainty at all, I encourage you to pray with us. We're going to pray a general, general prayer, and I highly encourage you to pray this prayer with us. And if we could all repeat these words after me. Father God, repeat these, everybody please. Father God, I want to be part of your family. You said in your word that if I acknowledge that you raised Jesus from the dead and that if I accept him as my Lord and Savior, I would be saved. So God, I now say that I believe you raised Jesus from the dead and that he is alive and well. I accept him now as my personal Lord and Savior. I accept my salvation from sin right now. I am saved. Jesus, you're my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. And thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, for saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. And folks, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, let me be the first to say, welcome to the family of God. We are so happy. So you see our members of prayer team are up here. They're up here to serve you. If you receive Jesus for the first time today, please come up, tell them, you need to tell somebody. We have other information we can put in your hands that'll help you on this journey you just started. Or if you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus, or if you wanna be filled with the Holy Spirit, as pastor has been teaching, as, as what, what was taught today, or you have, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, these awesome folks are up here to help you and to serve you now. You can come now or come when we're dismissed. Michael.